European House Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 39, Issue 38, Focus Issue on Inflammation, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. Inflammation, the new cardiovascular risk factor. The famous 19th century German pathologist Rudolf Virchow of the Charité in Berlin was the first to point out the role of inflammation in atherosclerosis when he wrote, Atherosclerosis is an inflammation induced by cholesterol. The question remained, is it only cholesterol, or is it also an independent mechanism of plaque formation? Or, turned into a clinical question, is there only a cholesterol risk and inflammation will subside if treated appropriately, or is there a remaining inflammatory risk? The Cantos trial has addressed this and showed convincingly that in the absence of any change of LDL cholesterol, canakinumab, a monoclonal antibody targeting interleukin-1-beta, improves outcome further. In this issue, the fast track Relationships of Interleukin-6 Reduction to Atherosclerotic Events and All-Cause Mortality, Analyses from the Canakinumab Anti-Inflammatory Thrombosis Outcomes Study, or CANTOS, by Paul Ridker and colleagues, provides further insights into this question. They note that although interleukin-1-beta blockade is effective, it is uncertain to what extent these beneficial cardiovascular outcomes are mediated through interleukin-6 signaling. Interleukin-6 is markedly elevated at the site of plaque rupture and is predictive of outcomes. 4,833 patients of the CANTOS trial had interleukin-6 measured before randomization and after treatment with placebo or one of three doses of canakinumab, 50mg, 150mg or 300mg SC every three months. Compared to those allocated to placebo, those receiving canakinumab who achieved on-treatment IL-6 levels below the study median value of 1.65 nanograms per litre experienced a 32% reduction in major adverse cardiovascular events, or MACE, with an adjusted hazard ratio of 0.68 and a 30% reduction in MACE, plus hospitalization for unstable angina requiring urgent revascularization, a 52% reduction in cardiovascular mortality with a hazard ratio of 0.48, and a 48% reduction in all-cause mortality with a hazard ratio of 0.52. By contrast, those with on-treatment with interleukin-6 levels equal to or above the median had no significant benefit. Thus, CANTOS provides evidence that modulation of the interleukin-6 pathway can reduce cardiovascular events, independent of lipid lowering. These novel findings are put into context in an editorial by Roland Klingenberg and Thomas Lucia from Bad Nauheim in Germany and London in the UK, respectively. This is further explored in a basic science article in a model of stroke. In Cantos, stroke was rather rare and was not reduced, likely due to the low number of events and the relatively young age of patients enrolled. Inflammation also seems to be associated with stroke in the clinical setting. 
In their article, Post-Ischemic Administration of the Murine Canakinumab Surrogate Antibody Improves Outcome in Experimental Stroke, Giovanni G. Camici and colleagues from the University of Zurich in Switzerland tested the efficacy of the murine canakinumab equivalent antibody in their mouse model of ischemic stroke. To mimic the clinical scenario of modern stroke management, canakinumab was applied after transient middle cerebral artery occlusion in a randomized fashion upon reperfusion as it would be the case in patients eligible for thrombolytic therapy presenting to the emergency room. Following transient middle cerebral artery occlusion, cerebral interleukin-1-beta levels, unlike those of tumor necrosis factor alpha, were increased. Post-ischemic treatment with IL-1-beta antibody reduced infarct size, cerebral edema, and improved neurological performance. Antibody-treated animals also exhibited a reduced neutrophil and matrix myeloperoxidase 2, but not matrix myeloperoxidase 9, activity in ipsilateral hemispheres as compared to vehicle-treated mice. Noteworthy transient middle cerebral artery occlusion was associated with VE caterin reduction, which was blunted by canakinumab. Thus, Selected post-ischemic interleukin-1-beta blockade improves outcome following experimental brain injury, which should be further addressed in clinical studies as an adjuvant therapy to thrombolysis in acute ischemic stroke patients. These provocative findings are further expanded in a thoughtful editorial by Paul Ridker from the Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts, USA. The mechanisms of chronic inflammation at the cellular level is as important as the cytokines addressed above. This is further discussed in a review entitled Monocyte and Hematopoietic Progenitor Reprogramming as Common Mechanism Underlying Chronic Inflammatory and Cardiovascular Diseases by Alberico Luigi Catapano and colleagues from the University of Milan in Italy. In search of innovative anti-inflammatory strategies, immune cells have been recognized as key players contributing to atherosclerotic plaque progression and destabilization. Particularly the role of innate immune cells is a major interest following the recent paradigm shift that innate immunity, long considered to be incapable of learning, does exhibit immunological memory mediated via epigenetic reprogramming. Of note, atherosclerotic risk factors promote immune cell migration by pre-activation of circulating innate immune cells. Innate immune cell activation via metabolic and epigenetic reprogramming perpetuates a systemic low-grade inflammatory state in cardiovascular disease that is also common in other chronic inflammatory disorders. This opens a new therapeutic area in which metabolic and epigenetic modulation of innate immune cells may result in decreased systemic chronic inflammation, alleviating cardiovascular disease and its comorbidities. Environmental factors, such as noise and pollution, may also contribute to chronic inflammation in the cardiovascular system. Aircraft noise in particular causes endothelial dysfunction, oxidative stress, and inflammation. 
Epidemiological studies suggest that transportation noise increases the incidence of coronary artery disease, hypertension and stroke. However, the underlying molecular mechanisms are not well understood. In their basic science article, Crucial Role for NOx2 and Sleep Deprivation in Aircraft Noise-Induced Vascular and Cerebral Oxidative Stress, Inflammation and Gene Regulation, Thomas Munzel and colleagues from the Johannes Gutenberg University in Mainz, Germany, investigated effects of noise in phagocyte type NADPH oxidase knockout, or NOx2, mice. Wild type and NOx2 mice were exposed to aircraft noise at a maximum sound level of 85 decibels and an average sound pressure level of 72 decibels around the clock or during sleep-awake phases for 1, 2 and 4 days. Adverse effects of around-the-clock noise on the vasculature and brain were mostly prevented by NOx2 deficiency. Around-the-clock aircraft noise caused most pronounced vascular effects and dysregulation of FOXO3 slash circadian clock, as revealed by next-generation sequencing, suggesting impaired sleep quality in exposed mice. Accordingly, sleep-but-not-awake phase noise caused increased blood pressure, endothelial dysfunction, increased markers of vascular and systemic oxidative stress, and inflammation. Noise also cause cerebral oxidative stress and inflammation, endothelial and neuronal nitric oxide synthase uncoupling, downregulation of neuronal nitric oxide synthase, mRNA and protein, and NOx2 activation. Next-generation sequencing revealed similarities in adverse gene regulation between around-the-clock and sleep phase noise. In a translational attempt, they also show that in patients with established coronary artery disease, nighttime aircraft noise increased oxidative stress and inflammatory biomarkers. Thus, aircraft noise increases vascular and cerebral oxidative stress via NOx2. Sleep deprivation and or fragmentation caused by noise triggers vascular dysfunction. Thus, preventive measures that reduce nighttime aircraft noise are warranted, an aspect that is further discussed in an editorial by David G. Harrison from the Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, Tennessee, in the USA. The role of environmental factors is further outlined in a review entitled Effects of Gaseous and Solid Constituents of Air Pollution on Endothelial Function, again by Thomas Munzel and colleagues from the Johannes Gutenberg University in Mainz, Germany. The largest proportion of deaths and morbidity due to air pollution is now known to be due to cardiovascular disorders. Several particulate and gaseous air pollutants can trigger acute cardiac events. While the mechanisms are undergoing continual refinement, the preponderant evidence support rapid effects of a diversity of pollutants, including all particulate pollutants, for example coarse, fine, ultrafine particles, and gaseous pollutants, such as ozone, on vascular function. Alterations in endothelial function seem to be critically important in transducing signals and eventually promoting hypertension, diabetes, and atherosclerosis. 
There is evidence from proof-of-concept trials evaluating the impact of personal-level strategies to reduce exposure to fine particulate matter and its impact on vascular function. However, randomized evidence using hard endpoints should be the next step. This issue is further complemented by two discussion forum contributions relating to the manuscript published some time ago entitled Circulating Non-Coding RNAs in Biomarker-Guided Cardiovascular Therapy, a Novel Tool for Personalized Medicine, by Thomas Thum from the Hanover Medical School in Germany. In their discussion piece, Circulating non-coding RNAs as functional markers to monitor and control physical exercise for the prevention of cardiovascular disease, Boris Schmitz and colleagues from the Institute for Sports Medicine in Münster, Germany, comment on the article, and Tuman colleagues respond to it in a separate contribution. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers. <laughs>